Good afternoon, everyone. Today's session is being interpreted into Spanish. Sam and Alejandro, would you please introduce yourself and let our viewers know how to enable translation on their devices. Hello, thank you very much for having us uh, once again. Um, and thank you for your patience as I provide instructions in Spanish. Hola a todos, gracias por tenernos aquí con ustedes. Mi nombre es Alejandro Arrieta. Seré uno de dos intérpretes para el español el día de hoy junto con mi colega Sam. Si usted prefiere participar en español, eh, después de estas instrucciones, verá que se prenderá la configuración de la interpretación. En cual momento verá un icono terráqueo en la parte inferior a mano derecha en su pantalla. Si ha ingresado a la reunión usando un dispositivo móvil, tal como celular o tableta, verá el, eh, la opción de la interpretación bajo el menú que dice más o en inglés more. De ambas maneras podrá seleccionar el español y si es necesario puede poner el audio original en silencio. Con eso les, re les regreso su tiempo para comenzar. Gracias. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alejandro. Um, thank you very much. Welcome to the general public comment session of December 18th. Before reconvening, our regular meeting council provides a half hour general public comment session to hear from the public on city matters, except for one scheduled for a legally required public hearing. To maximize time for resident comments, council will not offer comments or responses from the dais. Council or staff may contact you following your comment if you raise matters that lend themselves to follow up. For those participating in person when called upon, please come to the podium. On the monitor on the wall, you'll see your time counting down. For those participating virtually when called upon, please wait until our host promotes you to speaker. When you are promoted, turn on your camera if you have one and your microphone. All speakers should begin their remarks with telling council your name and you will have three minutes to speak. Please refrain from profane or obscene speech, direct your comments to council as a whole and refrain from individual or personal attacks, including disparaging other speakers motives. We will begin in chambers with Adriana Griffin. Yes, so Arapis sweeps under 32 degrees and the losing of all the property and belongings. Imagine going home one day, okay? Like any of your homes and all of a sudden everything you own is gone. Like when you come home from work or a doctor's appointment or in my case, a year ago when I went to go sign the lease for my apartment and everything I had acquired for my apartment was gone in just an impromptu sweep that they just felt like it. Um, everything I owned was gone, Every anything for the apartment that I had waited four years dealing with the coalition for, um, gone, closed everything. The, uh, just gone. Um, I mean, that wouldn't make anybody feel great, would it? Coming home and it's all gone, especially on the biggest day of your life after it being your seventh winter out here, day in, day out, no warming centers, no shelters, just them coming and deciding at any point in time. Doesn't matter what the temperature was, doesn't matter if you're sick, doesn't matter if you're there or not, they're taking it, period, because they can. It's the city, it's the police. Who's gonna fight with them? Who's gonna argue with them? Nobody because we're nothing to them, just like our stuff. Um, it's the most humiliating, degrading, angry, it's just the worst feeling you could ever imagine, everything. You know, and we only get to keep things for so little of a time because we're constantly having to move. You know, and I understand it's, it's not your response, it's not anybody's responsibility to take care of us, we're grown people, you know? But until you have experienced it, know the stories, know the reasons why people out here are out here, 
It's basically just judging and looking down on people, which is again, humiliating and degrading and just downright mean for no reason, because you have to see what people actually, I, I, whether they're addicts or not, whether we do drugs or not, it doesn't make a difference. I guarantee you there's more people who are housed, who have high powered jobs that literally do more drugs than we could ever imagine doing. But because you see it daily, then it makes it wrong. So our stuff and us are just a bunch of junkies who whatever, they're gonna OD or they're trash or they're this or they're that, but you don't know. I don't know you, I don't know you, you I don't know you, you don't know me. You know, you don't know anything about me. You don't know that I have three children that were taken from me because of other reasons. None of this was my control for being out here, but I made the best of what I had, period. These people and their stuff, and it's ours. It's not anybody else's. It doesn't matter whether it, it's ours. Thank you very much. You're That's welcome. Your time. Our next speaker joining us on Zoom is Mariana Thompson. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Hi, good evening, Council and all those watching. Mariana Wittan, residing in President Torres's district. My subject today is a no freezing sweeps. Council, really, really, this is a no brainer. You heard from Dr. Barakowitz about weather, temperature, and the effects that it has on a person's body, resulting in frostbite and loss of limbs, causing the individual pain and intense suffering. The average cost that Medicaid pays for an amputation is between 100,000 to 500,000, depending on whether the person will be fitted for a prosthesis. Let me repeat this. The cost to the taxpayer per person is between 100,000 and a half a million. Now multiply that times how many people per year? Next, we pay long-term for disability for the rest of that person's life. Now, that's only if the person is not found dead. Think about how many people this city could house for that amount, correct? We just finished up the Hancock administration with the we can do better era. Are we going to start with the fresh slate or are we gonna keep on with the same old, same old console? Are we going to continue being in, inhumane or are we going to provide 24 seven warm space for folks to be out of the elements. Each and every one of us reach for our gloves and coat when heading out in frigid weather. Four years ago at my old residence, there were three indigenous that I used to feed. They didn't use tents, but wore heavy gear for the elements. I went to check on them one morning and found them dead with all their winter gear stolen. All legal, correct, under the inhumane an unconstitutional urban camping ban. Console, a new year is upon us. Let us remember that we can't worship the child in the manger while allowing PD to be raping gear off individuals or traumatically displacing them, causing frostbite and or death. Console, exercise the power of the pen and vote yes on no, no freezing sweeps. In closing, human, it, Housing is a human right for all, again, for all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our next speaker signed up in chambers, Jess Weiderholt. 
Jess Holt, and I reside in District 5. I come here tonight with permission to share a few stories of my friends. A couple of years ago, I woke up on a cold morning, not wanting to get out of my warm bed. But I knew my 15-passenger van would be needed to help folks who were being traumatically displaced that morning. I had the privilege of meeting Mac for the first time that day. He was a big teddy bear, and I learned he was the guy who took care of the community around him, often cooking for everyone at the camp. Mac and I drove around for hours looking for the next place that he would set up his tent before he was moved again. Mac and I were in touch every week. I saw the cumulative effects of the sweeps, the cold, the death, and the trauma build up inside him. He was suffering. Later that year, Denver had a big snowstorm. Advocates worked hard that night to get as many folks from tents into hotels that we could. A street medic made a visit to Mac's bedside and encouraged him to get to the hospital immediately. Mac spent months at the hospital. He lost five toes, and the medical team worked hard with multiple surgeries and interventions to assess and treat his tired body. Mac went to respite and then assisted living. Today, Mac has been in his own home for a year. His chronic pain and health issues are managed by Denver Health as he deals with intense nerve damage. I met another great friend just outside this building. As Mutual Aid Monday was wrapping up one night, Frank was an indigenous elder in our community. He was in his 70s. He lived daily on the streets. He was way too vulnerable to be living outside. Frank was stabbed many times by gangs and survived it. He didn't live in tents, but usually you would find him in a doorway on a cold night. Frank was a believer of justice. He fought hard for this community. Frank spoke here at public comment several times. Frank and I saw each other weekly and talked and texted in between. This was the last text I ever received from Frank. He wrote this. How I feel when I wake up one morning and find out that the land and nation that once belonged to us belongs to someone else. God wants to heal us. Remember, Jess, Death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss is what dies inside of us while we live. This past year, as we have been advocating to you, Council, to do what is right and end freezing sweeps, I have felt Frank's presence with us. Thank you very much. That's your time. Our next speaker signed up in chambers, Ash Franklin. Are they online? Okay. Our next speaker uh, in chambers, Jerry Burton. Hello, Council. I'm Jerry. I'm with Hands. I'm a veteran. I want to tell y'all about two incidents that when I was living out on the street, um, on March, I think on March 15th, uh, 2017, uh, we had a blizzard. I mean, it was bad. And a police officer came up to us and told us we had to break it down. This is five o'clock in the morning, and you know that. It was still cold, the wind whooping. As a matter of fact, I had a one-man tent. My tent was covered in snow. I could have stayed right there and stayed inside, but I choose to come outside with, with other people to help them break down the tent. That's one incident. 
And that sweep was done at five o'clock in the morning on a very cold, snowy, blizzarding winter, uh, where might as well say spring. The next one was when I got my two tickets for ca camping outside, which I wasn't camping, I would get sleeping in my little house, uh, movable house. But at the same time, me being a veteran, I have ignorance to where I have to work when it get cold, even in my own home, I have to take and do exercise before I can get up in the morning, get my blood flowing. And the police officer pulled me out of my tent after I had told him that I have to work my exercise so the blood could start flowing before I can come out. They pulled me out of it. That was, that's when I got the ticket for urban camping. Later on the night, we came up here to the city council to protest and I got another ticket. Um, and we all know the outcome of that. But I want to tell y'all something about this woman. Cost should never be looked at over a person's life. You know, at 32 degrees, you still can lose limb. You still can die from freezing outside. At 32 degrees, trust me, I know. I'm a Marine, and I have had to be out there training in that type of weather. And it's, it's not good. Coming, you know, if you ever woke up in your house and powder had went out in the midst of winter and it's cold, you know when you got one of them blankets, it was, it was nice and toasty. But when you got up that morning, the heater went off, it's cold. The whole house is cold. It's like, it's like being outside. And we should never, ever <clears throat> think about money when it comes to a person's life. I mean, it is, we spend what, $10.3 million on a hotel? But yet, we are pitching cookies and crumbs just to see who's gonna get what? It should never be that. A person's life is very valuable. And I have been, I have been around enough to know that too many people have died from cold weather uh, in Denver over the last 12, 13 years. And they're gonna continue to happen unless y'all step up and do the right thing by putting people in real housing. The warming center is, 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 is very, I, I don't care if a person has, if he has a gym, a library, if a person, if you have to open it up. So Thank you. So can go inside to, to stay warm, you should. It should Thank never you so be much. about money. Appreciate Thank it. You. Our next speaker in chambers is Karen Sodaro. Karen, no, okay. Our next speaker is Melina Bixler. Good evening. If you have Destiny Perkins on the list, we'd like to speak together if that's okay with you. Uh, you are both back to back, uh, so you each have three minutes. Thank you so much. Good evening, Denver City Council. My name is Melina Bixler. I'm um, one of the staff members at Girls Inc. of Metro Denver, and I'm here representing Girls Inc. of Metro Denver, but also uh, 12 different out-of-school time providers across the city. Um, we're committed to providing no cost and quality year-round programming to girls and kids and families who need it. And together, we're coming to advocate for more consistent and sustainable out-of-school time funding. So we collectively, as 12 organizations, serve over 7,000 youth a year and employ over 500 young professionals. We're funded already partially by the Office of Children's Affairs, and we participate in the work of the Denver After School Alliance um, that's housed in the OCA. My name is Destiny Perkins. I'm the Director of Programs at Girls Inc. of Metro Denver, and I first want to share a deep gratitude to Councilman Cashman 
and all of the others who supported the need for more sustainable funding for youth um, after school and summer programs. We wanna thank you and appreciate you. And we hope that you continue to be a voice for not just our, our kiddos, but for our families um, in the Denver community. And I'm, I'm your data gal. So I'm the one that loves the spreadsheets and loves the, the data to be able to show you the work that we do. Um, and the data that we've collected is really compelling. So we collected um, data over the summer from families all across the Denver area. And what we found is that summer programs and after school programs are critical for families. They're critical for making sure that families can work and that they have a safe place for their kids. We know that um, summer and after school programs are critical for learning and that youth all across the city say that the things that they learn in after school and summer programs supports them in school. Um, and also we know that summer program and after school program is a space for belonging and a space for friendship. And we know from other youth development data that friendship and belonging is a key to um, health, well-being, strong mental health, and making healthy choices. Being in this work for over 20 years, for me, our impact is clear. Uh, and what I see in programs every single day, what I hear from our families and what I hear from our girls, that we, we, ha we have a particular child, we'll just call her A um, for today, who is in the CPS system and she's being cared for by her grandparents. And um, it was clear uh, what kind of space we needed for her in our after school um, program. But it wasn't until I learned um, that she has Girls Inc. of Metro Denver listed as her safe place in part of her social emotional success plan in her court documents. So the court also recognizes um, after school community organizations like Girls Inc. of Metro Denver as a critical part of her care. And, and we can name others in her situation as well. So it's for, for this girl, for all the girls and families that we serve at Girls Inc. of Metro Denver, for the 7,000 children that our collective serve, um, that we're asking you to continue to advocate for consistent and safe and warm, um, free and um, consistent, comprehensive care for young people and you know, places where they can get everything from quality programming to um, meals. And uh, we ask you to continue to fight for that sustainable funding and, and not look, let folks forget about um, that fight. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Our next speaker signed up is Heidi Lethwood on Zoom. Is there a Heidi? Nope, okay. Our next speaker is Nolan Hahn. I didn't see Nolan in here on Zoom. Nope. Okay. Our next speaker is Ashley Garrett. Hi, everybody. Um, see, yesterday's uh, daily bread was kind of interesting because it was a Christmas dilemma. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I feel really in between about celebrating when there's a lot of uh, di division and chaos and war going on. But uh, there was this one uh, phrase that really stood out. It says, thus have the Lord God, oh wait, I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. <laughs> and the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. 
um, we need to be able to decide what kind of help that we want to give to our people. Um, and I believe that this is the state that is going to be able to stand up for what is really going to help our world because we need somebody to take a stand. Right now we're trying to impeach Biden, which I strongly disagree is a, is a right choice because if you're trying to fight anybody, especially when they're already the leaders of our world, then that is just not going to help. And so I would like to ask that maybe Biden, Trump work together because we need all of the help that we are going to get. I started contacting some churches because I'm going to see if I can get more help for you guys because it's going to take the act of God to do what you guys are and will do because I know that this is going to be the state that is going to make change to this world because that is what we really need but that is what we, we really need to stop these sweeps too because people are you know they're freezing and I'm like they're you can't stop them but maybe the what we can do is maybe help them bring them trash bags help them you know I'm like help them make their spot tidy I know that there's camping ban but I'm just saying when I was camping there was usually s'mores involved so you can't even really call this camping I know that God is telling me to respond and I'm really trying the best way that I can with no money because if I had money I would be donating it to I don't even know who because there's just so much help that our world needs we will never make enough money or be able to spend the money in the right places to do what's needed and that is something that we really need to address in our system and that needs to be done now because this world's not getting any better and and I really do fear what's to come so um yeah if you guys go to churches too i don't know if you guys believe in that but i'm like maybe even ask churches that you guys go to to do any kind of help like getting involved with our city that's what i asked them is if they could get involved with our city government to any kind of help because i know the mormon church for example they have helped with rent they've got food places they can do that whether they cook it themselves and do outreach kind of like other outreach workers have i've seen I'm like, whatever you can do, your guys' temples, you guys could open up their temples to- Thank you very much. That's your time. Thank you guys. Our next speaker signed up in chambers, Richard Cresswell. Okay. I'd like to speak in favor of the no freezing sweeps bill. Everybody knows the misery index that you have the temperature and you have moisture and you have wind. If you got 32 degrees, it doesn't take much of the others to make a really miserable situation. Now, I know a young man who has had three tents this year, and in three broken, three each tent had broken holes after the snowstorms each time. Imagine now you get a sweep that's coming by, and you just, your tent has broken, broken uh, holes, and Everything is smashed and wet. Now you have to move. It's dark and it's cold. You pack everything away wet. Your clothes are wet. And, and the risk there is a serious risk of not just hypothermia, but frostbite. I, I have one guy who was at a sweep and he had frostbite. And both his legs, very at risk of losing both legs. And... He could hardly move, but it was sweep time. He had to move. So 
he moved himself and I helped him move the rest of the stuff. But now in this situation, he didn't want to go even take, get his frostbite taken care of. He did not want to go to the clinic. He did not want to go to a hospital. And the reason is people who live on the street know a lot more than you think. He knew that when he would go to the hospital, there would be extra complications. And he really didn't want to know about that. He did get a street doctor to come. That did, did help out. But we can't have freezing sweeps. We just can't have that. Thank you. Our next speaker in chambers, Amy Beck. <laughs> Hi, City Council. Amy Beck, District 7. So, uh, yes, please stop the sweeps and open shelters at 32 degrees. Uh, please all make all emergency shelters available 24-7 in a single location. We would appreciate that. I don't think that's part of the bill. So uh, I want to touch base with you about the migrant crisis and where things stand. We are really hitting a breaking point. We need some action. We need a safe camping zone. Please give us a place where people can go. Because right now, what's going on at Zunai is not sustainable. And right now, I'm asking the mayor's office and the city departments for crumbs. I just need some trash bags. What's so difficult about that? What's so difficult about a porta potty? We have two porta potties at Zunai for over 600 people. Can we do better than that? Because people inside the shelter are coming outside during the day. They'd like to use the bathroom as well. I'd like the safe camping zone. Um, people are starving. I asked a couple of you if uh, you could ask the mayor's office to please be transparent with opening shelters. Now we have mainstay. No one bothered to tell anybody that. The people there are starving. They'd like a meal. They're walking all the way down to Microtel to try and get a meal with their kids. We would like this information so that we can take food to them when these shelters open. Is that too much to ask? We need more information. Today, Evan Dreyer told me that he thought the moms groups were taking trash bags. If our government expects the citizens to do these jobs, you need to give us some information. You need to let us know that you expect us to fulfill those needs. We'll fulfill them. But don't tell me after the fact. Don't tell me after the weekend. 
Thank you very much. Our next speaker in chambers is Robert Bailey. I think an information center where anybody could wait in line and answer one question per day would be great. It's so hard to get the basic information. Hey, I would like to talk about the airport today. When you say that that airport has, quote, economic strength, maybe you are referring to the proclaimed economic impact of that airport, the proclaimed economic impact. Economic impact stories are fake narratives financial numbers from blue sky, like advertising and public relations, a bunch of made up crap, like George Santos. When we talk about financial numbers, we should use real numbers, not made up numbers. I never use economic impact made up crap. I use real numbers. The real financial numbers at that airport are absolutely terrible. Airports are not, quote, economic engines, whatever that means. I have no idea what that means economic engine, other than a bunch of advertising crap. That airport is an airport. Airports are places where planes land and planes take off. Airports are like bus stations, but with planes. If you're going to make up fake economic impact stories, we should probably start with the Denver Water Department because we would all be dead without water. If you're going to make up fake economic impact stories, we should probably start with moms because we would not be here without moms. We use that airport in order to get to where we are going. We are, where we are going is always the point. The airport, the airport is never the point. The airport has zero intrinsic value, none, zero. That airport has instrumental value only. It is never an end in and of itself. Your narrative pertaining to that airport is very John Galt. John Galt is a fictional character. That airport gets zero economic credit beyond 1.2 billion in revenue, that's it. Any economic credit beyond that revenue at that airport is fraudulent made up crap. Speaking of revenue, our debt to revenue at that airport is 830%. This is a real number, 830% debt to revenue, yet you say that our airport has less debt than certain other airports, such high standards to compare our debt to the worst debt of any airport. We have the very best airport in the United States of America, the very best airport, except for the fact that you give away that airport to the Wall Street corporations that leak from that airport as you rip off the citizens of Denver and Metro Denver in order to service the enormous debt. You seem to have no problem with this debt. You are doing nothing about this debt. You act as though this is not a problem because you have political authority to get away with it. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank it. you. And we have time for one more. We'll go to Zoom for Brandy Majors. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, or Bailey for man. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> good afternoon. Good evening. Um, uh, Madam President, uh, you really have to do better. You can't just be shutting down the people like this. Like, it's a terrible look for you. I mean, you do it all the time. They're in mid-speech, and they're trying to, you know, get some really concerning messages to us. It's like uh, you just shut them down right at right at three minutes. Man, I, that would, I would hate to see that happen. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I just want to send a, 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 a big shout-out to Councilwoman um, Lewis. Um, you know, even though they're setting you up for the big okey-doke and the failure later on, you know, and, and having you just 
take all this on. We just wanted to tell you that we recognize you and we are so thankful that you put your work out here for us and you're really helping, really helping, even though the city is just doing this to you and eventually you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, it's just a setup for failure. And really want to recognize, let you know that we see it ahead of time and just try not to let it happen to you. Um, <clears throat> I also want to say this. Um, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. We have a, a camping band, Denver. Um, and I know for a fact, being outside for five years, especially in the wintertime, the police are merciless. And, and they, you know, the city is merciless. But not only that, but they've never been okay to take our residents, our actual Denver rights, and threaten them with incarceration because they don't want to take um, what you're offering. What you're offering is temporary. What you're offering is a lie. Um, and it's, it's upsetting to the actual Denver rights, especially Black Denver rights, um, veterans, elders, handicapped, disabled. Um, it, it's it's uh, also the youth of rights. It, it is upsetting. It is very upsetting to us that, you know, as usual, as per normal, you know, we are constantly stepped on and the benign neglect is ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> you expect us to just take whatever or else you're going to incarcerate us or else <clears throat> you're going to uh, put us under some sort of medical, you know, <laughs> incarceration too, <laughs> basically. I mean, let's just sum that up. Whatever is uh, you can hide, you know, better it's out of sight, out of mind, right? Well, that's unfair. It's not right. Um, I also want to say this. If the migrants could come here and spend four months on the road, their children and everything, whether you think they did in their own country, right? But we feel so so upset by them. So, you know, we must help them. Well, you haven't helped your city first. And we have a camping ban. So what is good for us to be terrorized, then go ahead and handle your business. We have a lot of people under that bridge. If we have a camping ban, do we not, Denver? I would like to see some input. Thank you. And Cole Chandler, get fired. Thank you very much. That concludes our general public comment session. Our next session will be held on Tuesday, January 2nd. Sign up begins at 11 a.m. on Friday, December 29th. We look forward to hearing from folks again. Thanks for attending. Stay with us for the council meeting that will start immediately.